0: The Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. What up, homies, and welcome back to the Sisterhood of the Bottomless Mimosa. This is your host Melissa, and we are back for another episode of Women and Wine. Um, As a reminder, if you aren't following us on the gram, you better hop on over and click follow because we've got a lot of good content going on over there at Mimosa Sisterhood. And shoot me an email if you have any women that you think we should be covering that we haven't covered yet, or if you're interested in being a guest host on the show. So hit me up at MimosaSisterhood at gmail.com. And uh, give a big old giant round of applause to our next guest host, who is long overdue to be on the show, more like six months overdue to be on the show, Sasha Gold.
1: Hello, hello. So excited to be here finally.
0: Finally. This is like (laughs) number three of you attempting to come and record a podcast. Mm -hmm. First, we were, like, so close to recording a podcast in March,
1: mm-hmm.
0: and then literally the evening that our city was put on a pandemic lockdown <laughs> was the night we were going to record. And then prior
1: to that... What happened prior to that? Kobe! Kobe! What? Oh, my God, I forgot. (laughs) Uh, Prior to that, Kobe
0: Bryant died, and we were going to record on that fucking day.
1: This is kind of a heavy day. (laughs) Oh, my God. Okay, so this is number four. Yeah, and I think we were talking about it, like probably over the holidays like okay like let's get this on the bus
0: so Kobe Bryant died we had to cancel we were too depressed yeah COVID happened we had to cancel because we were afraid we we're gonna give each other coronavirus and <laughs> die then right as we we're about to reschedule your salon was looted yes so we couldn't record. Yes. and so now number four we have managed to meet <laughs> feast and famine we here <laughs> get a damn episode <laughs> happening oh my god i'm like so happy you reminded me about the kobe bryant thing not that i'm happy at all about it yeah
1: but i forgot that we were gonna record I know, that day. i kind of did too i thought about it today i was like man <laughs> I was like, we're just going to have to
0: roll with it if something else <laughs> happens. I mean, if, if anything else happened, I think it's a sign. Yeah, like
1: maybe we shouldn't do this. No,
0: but we did get a sign that we, could, we should be doing yeah, it. And no, we'll t- we'll talk side. about that yes. later. I
1: was like, yep. It's a little happening. early
0: in the episode to reveal <laughs> those kind of gems. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> but it's a good one.
0: It's a good one. Um. So, yeah, we're finally here. We're in my apartment together recording face to face which never happens. So very excited about that. And uh, for those that don't know, which is probably everybody listening, Sasha and I have known each other for the past five years. And it's funny because she doesn't remember how we met, but (laughs) I do. So I'm going to tell you guys the story because I think it's a good one. So excited. And I'm going to be even more excited if you like it starts to come back to you as I'm telling it. But basically, her and I worked for the same company, and I was, I guess, overseeing an event that my company was throwing, and Sasha was one of the people that was participating in the event, And so I had just gotten hired at this company. I'd never done events in my entire life. And I didn't know anything about the event because the person who coordinated it was in New York. And this event was taking place in fucking Orange County, California. Sounds pretty typical. And I basically was told one day, hey, Melissa, show up at this enormous hotel and find this giant room and find the one lady that's running like a 2,000 person event. We don't know what she looks like. Here's her phone number and tell her that you're with our company and that you're here as an ambassador and you just want to make sure that the event goes fucking fantastic. And I'm like, okay. (laughs) And then I show up at this hotel and I don't know what the fuck's going on. I'm so lost. It's enormous. I'm so confused. I'm a little nervous. It's my first one. And as I'm standing aimlessly in the lobby... A very sweet young woman approaches me <laughs> and she says, Do you, is your is your name Melissa? Do you work for our this company? And I looked and it was Sasha. <laughs> 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 and she spotted me in the lobby because I was wearing the outfit of our work. <laughs> and I had this enormous construction box that she recognized. And I'm like, yes where are we going and you're like I don't know <laughs> like great let's wander around together
1: I don't fully remember that but the, I mean that was always their events it was always oh, yeah. like just it was a, complete a shit show no one knew what was
0: going on mess it was a hot mess always and I basically just had to like show up and be like is everybody happy okay great I'm out of here and then so this is where the story gets real good so that's where I, when I met you I think like days went by And all of a sudden, I get a text message. And it's just like a picture of a hairstyling menu with styles and prices called gold. Oh, And I'm like, who is this random number that texted me this random menu of hair services? And you had (laughs) randomly texted me, thinking I was a different person. And you were like, hi, so and so. Here's the menu to my hair salon blah 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 and i'm looking at it i'm like oh my god this is in long beach this is right down the street from my house oh my god i need to get my fucking hair done and i'm like hey um i'm not the person you're texting but i actually am looking for a hairstylist can i book an appointment
1: that's a perfect
0: mistext. text and sasha's been doing my hair ever since it's been five years thank god for in that fact, terrible
1: event she and then- trusted
0: my hair three days ago
1: my first haircut since COVID. She's no longer a horsewoman. No,
0: my horse hair is gone, and it's finally chopped and clean. It's perfect. But yeah. No more tangles? No more tangles. Oh, good. I was dying is Isn't that the funniest thing?
1: That is. That is <laughs> too good.
0: Well, on the same note of hairstyling, as we already mentioned, and as many of my loyal fans and Instagrammers have already seen and heard... Sasha's poor little salon was beaten and battered she was during the looting that took place during the George Floyd protests which yes we all understand the looters are not the protesters they're a bunch of fucking shitholes that took advantage of a very very powerful moment yes and somehow your little nook was (laughs) targeted which is like so fucking annoying because I swear to god like there wasn't even looting happening on that street no there wasn't like when you saw where all the looting took place it was literally in downtown long beach we watched on tv it was happening it was like the deal and then it's like all of a sudden these random patches outside of the city or like deeper in the city random fucking fools were like we're just gonna start beating down windows
1: Mm -hmm. i mean i think you know 10 times over i think they thought it was a gold store and they were so really disappointed when there was hairspray yeah oh that that does you know? make sense
0: because it's you have that beautiful gold door and it says gold yeah. on top
1: <laughs> and they busted through and they were like, they're like god damn it so, so dumb though i mean like do you really think a gold star is not gonna have like some sort of reinforced not a glass door i don't know That is know. the. In, this is the stupidest thing ever and says gold salon, they just stopped at gold.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it was this the flashing color of gold. They their eyes couldn't like, read any yeah. longer. They just saw color. Yeah. Kind of like mosquitoes. Yes. Going towards the light. Yes.
1: Absolutely. Ugh. Sucked right in there.
0: Well, you popped back pretty quickly. I did, I did. Yeah. It it looks like it looks clean and great and comfortable. Thank you. Thank you. It was- <sighs> What not a thing. Easy.
1: I know. What a thing. Let's just throw that into 2020. I know. Why not? It was just like, I don't know. Oh, yep. Yeah, just roll it into the fruit <laughs> the fruit bowl, you know? Doesn't kill you. It makes you stronger. Yep. But on to more
0: important things. Actually, not more important at all. <laughs> <laughs> so I have like a specific thing i wanted to talk about in the intro today because it's been on my mind and it's been booming Ooh. and we've been talking about covid and black lives matter for episode after episode and while we will continue to talk about them in episodes sometimes it's nice to bring in some lighter topics one being my newfound obsession for tiktok oh have you entered the realm
1: you know i downloaded it during covid lockdown okay and i was like i don't need one more thing in my life <laughs> all right so i but i really enjoy when other people post the tiktok <laughs> on instagram so i have so, a little story here so okay.
0: basically i've been anti-tiktok forever and then ricky who was on the a podcast i think two podcasts ago she was like bitch you better get on that tiktok <laughs> that's some good shit and i was like i can't do it i can't do it i can't do it i won't do it and she's like no like once tiktok learns your algorithm you'll start only seeing the shit that you want to see because i was like all i know about tiktok is like nine-year-olds doing these weird dances and like i'm not into that yeah. i'm like 100 years old i feel like it's pedophilia like it's weird same. yeah same and so i was like tiktok's fucking weird because that's like all they'll show you on the media is just these stupid girls doing dances yeah. and shit And so I was like, I'm not about it. And then Ricky was like, oh, no, 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 no. Just start liking and disliking shit. And like, you'll end up being in your TikTok realm. So I was like, all right, fine. So I got into it literally day one, like in a full two hour, like black hole, (laughs) like black hole. And I was like instantly hooked. And so now it's been a couple of weeks. And apparently, once like i said it like learns what you like it creates an algorithm that's specific to you and boy am i surprised (laughs) about who i am because you want to know what i see on tiktok apparently my interests and obsessions are farm animals oh lesbians (laughs) Um single dads. <laughs> this is quite the mix. Babies that do dances. <laughs> feminists obviously. Obviously. And that witches. <laughs> so it's been brought to my attention in the past week since I've been scrolling through the TikTok. Maybe that's some sort of religion.
1: <laughs> that this is who I am. <laughs>
0: And I was dying the other day. My other friend was like, because I started sending her TikToks and I was sending her these like funny ass things. And she's like, girl, I've been like not trying to get on TikTok, but like the shit you send me, it's fucking fire. Like, are are these people woke on TikTok? I'm like, girl, they're so woke. I watch witches. I watch fucking all kinds of shit. Like
1: feminists. There's like mental health stuff
0: happening. Like it is nuts. So anyway,
1: so maybe I need to give it another go. Well, I almost like I would say don't. Yeah, like it's a time. It's stop, like right? it will
0: literally. Whew, you won't realize how many hours have passed. You get like sucked in, okay, yeah, I'm not and then doing it's just it. like every video is better than the next, and you can't stop. Okay, well, just post them to Instagram <laughs> for me. <laughs> so I <can> see them. <laughs> it's nuts. So that was number one that I wanted to talk about. Number two, okay. I have recently heard through the TikTok. Uh oh. That Britney Spears is being held captive. (laughs) I feel like I heard about that a while ago. I think it's like coming back.
1: It's coming back?
0: Yes. And so there's this whole TikTok investigation happening. And. I mean,
1: do you check her
0: Instagram? Yes. Okay. So. Like we all know. I literally said to my boyfriend yesterday when I was making dinner. I said, babe, Britney Spears is being held captive. (laughs) and he just looked at me and he goes well have you seen her snapchats she's gone nuts <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like you're fucking watching Britney Spears snapchat <laughs> <laughs> like what so yes the whole world has seen her recent content and it's it's interesting it's a little kooky it's a little quirky
1: well what um what makes you think she's been held captive like she hasn't been posting or no. like someone so had her tied on the up <laughs> is that since
0: 2008 she's been held on some type of i think it's called a conservative conservation ship i yeah. don't know what it is and so that must have followed yes that must have followed the 2007 meltdown okay and apparently, she can't see her kids. She has no control of her career. She's not allowed to post music without approval. She can't go anywhere without approval. I guess it's like owned and operated by her dad and her manager. So I don't she's know if been the like same people. Corona
1: lockdowning long before she's we been Corona have.
0: lockdowning for like the last 10 years um and people are pissed about it and so i guess this has been going on for a while and that's what prompted the free britney thing that was going ha- yeah. happening when she probably heard about but i guess more recently when all these quirky little instagrams are happening people are like saying like all her like you know go hard fans are like britney yeah. like what's going on are you okay like blink twice in the next video if you need help next yeah. video all these blinking starts happening and then they're like oh my god oh my god she blinked she blinked britney wear a yellow shirt in the next video the next video comes out that weird ass one where she's walking like in circles in that yellow top yeah so like everyone's saying that she's sending messages through the gram that she needs help
1: Oh, i didn't know that yeah i i mean (laughs) i would i We'll say that I check her Instagram now and again. I don't have a, a strong opinion on the woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't love nor I hate, but <laughs> I mean, we all lived through the 90s, or most of us did. <laughs> well, and so and I- she is an icon. She is an
0: absolute icon. The
1: 90s, early 2000s. You oh, know? yeah.
0: Well, other people were saying, but, like, the difference, like, okay, people lose it. Maybe sometimes they need a little bit of help maybe they Absolutely. need to get like put back on track yeah but then other people are bringing up like what about lindsey lohan what about amanda barnes those girls aren't locked down in some weird fucking legal contract where they can't leave their house without permission
1: i think there's a lot more money britney's got though yeah britney's got a lot more yeah so coins in the bank word
0: on the street something's going on over there so who
1: knows but who is doing it whoever is in charge of that legal i think her dad i thought her dad was like had cancer or something i don't know i have no clue very but i'm following the story so (laughs)
0: <laughs> if britney is being held captive i know we need to rescue her yes oh, all right well poor brit poor brit well I if anybody has any scoop yeah let me know scoop it out because i am fully investigating this matter yes well should we do our booze review sure we've got quite the review for today's episode <laughs> <Me too. laughs> i think i will start with mine yes please do so today i am drinking Something that needed to be drinking on this podcast. (laughs) The day had come, it was time. I saw it and I couldn't unsee it. So it ended up in my hands at the cash register and now it is here. It is the Golden Road Champango. (laughs) Yes, you heard that correct. This is a champagne beer, which I think is really just a carbonated beer. But it is the cutest can ever, and it's from one of my favorite breweries, Golden Road. So cute. Um, And it has a mimosa on the front with a little fucking umbrella in it. And it literally tastes like a mimosa, but different.
1: (laughs) Does it taste mango-y?
0: Yes. It tastes like the mango cart Golden Road, but it's like less beer, more juice, with a little carbonation. Yeah, oh. but it's it the the alcohol percentage wasn't bad i think it's like six point something
1: would you compare it to like a mimosa but like a mimosa with mango juice instead of orange yes juice? oh in a can ready to go yeah like
0: it literally says made with mango cart beer and inspired by mimosas so i i honestly think it is the mango cart beer just with a carbonation added so it's like bubbly
1: Ooh,
0: and i love the mango cart beer by the way,
1: I've never had it. Ooh, it's my favorite. Does it really taste y?
0: Yes, and I have a mango cart spicy beer in the fridge. If you wanted to try it, spicy, but it's not my favorite. Really? Yeah, it's like because I love the mango cart. Yeah. Look at me! I had mango cart spicy, now I have mango cart champagne. <laughs>
1: <laughs> you turned into a mango. <laughs>
0: um, I am liking the champango.
1: Champango. I've I mean, had the can is Adorable.
0: The can is very cute, and it's the closest I've gotten to drinking a mimosa on this podcast in years, so I feel like I'm doing my duty. I think you are. Done.
1: <laughs> and you have a very interesting beer to I bring to the table. I know. Well, I'm, I like um, some sour beer, so that's what I got to drink, but this old girl, I mean, I picked it out, honestly, because the label's cute. Well, duh. Always, oh, <laughs> right? It's Mammoth Brewing Company's Forest Nymph. And there's a little nymph on there and she's cute as pie and she's got little flowers in her hair. <laughs> and it says it's brewed with rose hips. But I mean it's not absolutely disgusting. I drank it. <laughs> but it's just um I don't know. It's I'd say it's more of a beer than a sour
0: beer. It is not a sour beer to me because sour beers are like legit sour yeah and this tastes almost like spoiled apple cider
1: yeah or it was like a like a maybe like a flat beer yeah like a bush light and then like a little ipa at the end or something i don't know well what's that cute thing it says on the back <laughs> it says roses are red and the hips are too the forest nymph is our summer seasonal brew i mean how could you not want to buy this (laughs) oh
0: they really fucked us i know this forest nymph really let us
1: down oh yeah and what's it six percent so it's you know it's good ish i mean if you just wanted a beer in a cute bottle (laughs) nailed it if you were looking for a sour beer nope that's the i don't not think it's one. a true
0: sour well hopefully beer number two will be a little bit better i don't remember what that was it was a strawberry something a strawberry yeah strawberry sour so we're over here drinking beers tonight people
1: mm-hmm. we're not mad about it nope
0: <laughs> all right well should we get started i guess we should should we crack that next beer first yeah let's do it all right <laughs> all right I am up and I am ready to tell you about a woman that you absolutely know. I'm so excited. And I'm interested to see what you might think about this woman or what thoughts you might have because we got a good conversation for later when I'm done. I'm so excited. So today I am covering Miss Lady Diana Frances Spencer who everybody knows as princess diana
1: Ooh. Ooh.
0: <laughs> and for those that might not know who princess diana is she was the wife of charles of prince of wales and she is often referred to as the people's princess because she was like massively loved and adored by the entire fucking world and because she made major global humanitarian efforts, which isn't as common from a modern-day basic princess. Yes. So, Princess Diana is here, and we are doing it. And I will admit, I actually have covered Princess Diana on this podcast before, but I was so fucking (laughs) shit-faced, and I was in Seattle at PodCon, and we were so drunk. That when we heard it the next day we were like oh my god
1: we went full drunk history oh yes <laughs> blackout history
0: so yes i needed to cover princess diana in a much more coherent state so i could do her the true justice that she deserves i love it all right so princess diana was born in 1961 near sandringham which i'm sure i said that wrong in england and she was the fourth of five children diana was seven years old when her parents divorced and it was a very messy divorce in which her maternal grandma took the side of the father which resulted in her mother having to give up full custody to the father whoa i don't know all the details i tried to find out how and why that happened because that's very uncommon um
1: couldn't find any info so because usually something like pretty severe has to happen for the father to get custody. yeah
0: so, not quite sure what happened, but she lived with her father full time, and then her father remarried a woman named Rain, Countess of Dartmouth, who was literally the evil stepmother of Cinderella. And oh, man. Diana hated her and referred to her as a bully, and even on one occasion, apparently pushed her down the stairs. So, they did not, they were not in cahoots. Yeah. And... She later described her childhood as very unhappy, very unstable, surrounded by her father and her evil stepmother, surrounded by different nannies all the time, and without any real mother figure present on a day-to-day basis. So, not that good for her. No. Um, so, Diana was initially homeschooled and then later began a formal education at an all-girls boarding school when she was nine. She did not shine academically. And was known to fill multiple classes, which gives me hope for my future. (laughs) (laughs) And in 1978, at 17 years old, she returned to London after finishing school in Switzerland. And she took a series of low-paying jobs, which Which also gives me hope for my future. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, the things that Princess Diana did before becoming princess, it's like any of us could really do anything. Really? so she worked as a dance instructor for youth she was a play group preschool assistant she was a house cleaning woman for her own sister and also several of her friends she acted as a hostess for parties she worked as a nanny and she worked as a nursery teacher's assistant so she had a shitload of jobs yeah. out there doing the deal doing it um and then two years later in 1980 Diana met Charles, Prince of Wales, the Queen's oldest son, and strangely enough, Diana's sister was actually dating him
1: first,
0: and she met Charles through her sister uh, because they were invited as guests at his country club where Diana ended up meeting him and she was watching him play polo and all this stuff. And he got to know her and somehow began taking a more serious interest in her as his potential bride and ended up inviting her aboard the royal yacht Britannia for a sailing weekend. That went well. And (laughs) apparently, (laughs) next, he invited her to the royal family's Scottish residence to meet the entire family, um, in which Diana was very well received by the Queen the Queen Mother, and the Duke of Edinburgh, which are all the snazzy names we're supposed to be calling these people. So, basically, um, after they went sailing, okay, so she met the family, and then he proposed to her on February 6 1981. She accepted, but their engagement was kept a secret for several weeks. The press and the public were fascinated by the couple, and couldn't understand how they were even a pair partly because they were 13 years apart and they had very different personality types i didn't so, know that, that
1: was such a gap
0: between yeah them. 13 years apart i'm more curious how did it go from one sister to the next no idea i couldn't find more about like, that what was that
1: conversation like
0: <laughs> well she was like a teenager <laughs> when she met him Ew. so that's kind of the other thing i think she got married to him she got married by 21 but they met at 19 i think so she was young and he was 12 13 years older so he was in his 30s yeah huh so, so yeah. yeah interesting <laughs> um but apparently he they were described as him being the garden loving a prince very reserved and she was a young woman with interest in fashion and popular culture so they were just like what is this odd couple why is this happening we don't get it um and then at 21 years old she became princess of wales when she married the prince of wales on july 29 1981 she was the first english woman to marry the first in line to the throne since a woman named anne hyde over 300 years earlier and she was also the first royal bride to have a paying job before her engagement that's That's interesting.
1: interesting that is interesting
0: um, So, the wedding service was wildly described as a fairy tale wedding, and it was watched by a global television audience of 750 million people, while 600,000 spectators lined the streets to catch a glimpse of the couple in their ceremony. And at the altar, Diana did not say that she would, quote, obey the prince, which was a, trish- a traditional vow that was left out at the couple's requests. And this was the start of some controversial thoughts and commentary about the princess so at the start of their marriage diana was overwhelmed by her royal duties and the intense media coverage which reported and publicized nearly every single aspect of her life the media coverage was more along the lines of like a full-blown harassment and stalking which continued to get worse and worse throughout her life so, as princess, Diana served as a strong supporter of many charities and was expected to make regular public appearances at hospitals, schools, and other facilities, but Diana developed a more radical list of public interests such as health-related matters and serious illnesses that were far different than the traditional royal involvement, and we will get to a lot more on this later. Um, And then on November 5th, 1981, the princess's pregnancy was officially announced in January, 1982, 12 weeks into the pregnancy. She fell down a staircase and suffered severe bruising, but the fetus was not injured. And she later confessed that she had intentionally thrown herself down the stairs because she was feeling extremely inadequate. And this was also in the midst of her marriage starting to you know hit hit rock bottom and that she said that it was in a desperate attempt to get her husband's attention i will also get into more on this later
1: but But not good good. no not Not good. good at all not good at one bit
0: so a month after that happened there were some very intrusive pictures of princess diana while pregnant in a bikini on vacation that was published in the media. And upon seeing the photo, the Queen released a public statement that stated, quote, this is the blackest day in the history of British journalism, which basically implied that Diana should be ashamed that she was caught by paparazzi in a bikini on vacation because exposing her pregnant body like that is a shame to British royals.
1: (laughs) Like, literally,
0: paparazzi are in a helicopter flying, like, over to this fucking area and, like getting their huge zoom camera lens in on her like enormous belly in a bikini and they're like the fucking princess is in a bikini oh my god
1: i was thinking about the other day like an old timey world like we used to say you know like oh once you were like showing you couldn't be seen in public and it's like why
0: dude i had this conversation with my grandma like last year when we were talking about how women these days are like obsessed with their maternity photos like they'll be like naked you know big old belly out thong yeah, action totally fucking basically naked. spread eagle yes. ready to rock <laughs>
1: yeah. and my grandma like, this is my birth plan
0: <laughs> yes my grandma made a comment like what the fuck is wrong with people these days? It's absolutely insane that they do this shit. And I was like, well, what do you mean? Like, I, w- I wasn't really understanding what she said. And she's like, well, in my time, like, you kept your pregnancy a secret. You wore big clothes. You covered your body. You did not show or announce or flaunt that you were pregnant. And, like i thought to thinking about it and i was like i wonder if it's because it like there's still this stigma that you must have like had sex yes. to i think get that, pregnant. that must
1: be right
0: and that you should be like partially ashamed because it's admitting that you had a d in the v yeah
1: <laughs> <laughs> it has to be because what else is it
0: i don't know Unless it's just about a modesty thing, like just women should always be very conservative and not showing off their bodies. I don't know. Or they think that pregnancy is a personal matter and it doesn't need to be shared. I have no clue. So, like, I think that was the idea of the queen, where she was fucking pissed that Princess Diana got caught up on a beach with her fucking family, sunbathing on vacation, and it was reported on the tabloids, and it was a big disgrace. Would
1: have been better if she had a muumuu on? Like, a tent, like, around her body to not see what was happening? I don't know. But
0: also, this was, like, the 90s, you know? It's, like, it isn't the 1940s, like times are changing
1: yeah like that's changed. insane
0: so that i mean that followed her so first she was already having pregnancy problems she was fucking fighting with fool yeah, There was drama, drama happening that yourself we don't, down some we don't even really know the extent of what was going on in that marriage but it wasn't it was not good and so it's then this happened so it was not good and then in june 1982 oh sorry we weren't in the 90s yet we're still in the 80s oh but close
1: it was the 80s yeah whatever (laughs) Uh, women had already burned the bras shoulder pads were happening (laughs) women in the workplace (laughs) yes it was on
0: so she gave birth to prince william and then he was joined shortly later by prince henry charles albert david the world's longest name right um just pick two we know as prince harry um and he was born two years later on september 15th 84 so Like we've already kind of discussed with Princess Diana, she was a lot different than the normal princesses. Uh, One being that she wanted her children to have real life experiences um, and not follow the path that was usual for royal children. So, she rarely deferred to the prince or the royal family when it came to her kids. She chose their first given names, which apparently wasn't a thing. She dismissed the royal family nanny that was provided and instead wanted to choose her own by herself Um, and she selected the schools that they'd go to as well as the clothing that they wore she planned their outings she took them to school herself which wasn't normal and she also made sure that all of her public duties were around the kids schedules so she like intentionally wanted to be a mother. Yeah. Which in the royal world, it was like, we have a million people to handle these things. Yeah. Unfortunately, as I've already kind of, you know, in, like given hint about, the fairy tale wedding of the Princess Diana and Prince Charles did not end up happily ever after. And during their marriage, Diana struggled with depression and bulimia. And there were reports of infidelities from both parties so five years into the marriage the couple's incompatibility became visible and the two of them decided to become estranged and separated charles picked up his old relationship with his formal girlfriend camilla parker bowles and then diana began dating major james hewitt which was the family's former writing instructor so they were out there back on the bandwagon But Diana spoke very bitterly of her husband, saying that he made her feel so inadequate in every way possible that each time I came up for air, he pushed me down again, which is not good. And then in 1993, leaked tapes of telephone conversations between the prince and Camilla were published in tabloids and reflect very negatively on the prince um he was like out there like talking shit and it like got public and he didn't know that it was gonna be made public and it was a, it was like the one of the first times that people were like wow you're a fucking asshole Ugh. Yeah. yeah so like again all of this is like just out in the world for everybody to gawk at and look at and comment on Um, And then, although Diana blamed Camilla for her marital troubles, she began to believe that her husband had also been involved in several affairs. And in 1993, the princess wrote to her butler, Paul Burrell, telling him that she believed her husband was now in love with his personal assistant, Tiggy Leg Burke, who was also his son's former nanny, and that... He was planning to have Diana killed to make the path clear for him to marry Tiggy. Weird. I
1: mean, she told she must have been a butler friend. A friend, like, younger gal too. Yeah. She was like the nanny and right, I mean
0: I mean, but a strange comment to make. Like, people can leave people all the time, but it'd be like my husband's gonna have me killed so he can be with this other girl and I'm not a problem oh anymore. Yeah. That's kinda going pretty far. I'm sure he said that to her then. Probably. I don't think she just that out of the hat and then later an interview that was broadcast revealed the princess discussing her and her husband's extramarital affairs and referring to charles relationship with camilla by saying well there were three of us in this marriage so it was a bit crowded when she was making these statements out loud to in interviews just like not giving a fuck Um, And then she also apparently expressed her doubt of her husband's suitability for kingship. So it was just not good. Yeah. The whole thing was publicized and they were both just out there fucking wrecking it. So that interview was the last fucking straw. And (laughs) the Buckingham Palace and the Queen sent letters to Prince whatever charles and princess diana being like y'all got a divorce yeah like we're done you're this done this is here. over this, this little will, yeah. shit show's over. over and so they agreed and they divorced on august 28th 1996 the couple had to sign a confidentiality agreement that prohibited them from discussing the details of the divorce or their married life diana was able to keep the title of princess of wales as well as her apartment at the kensington palace but she had to give up the title of royal highness and any claim to the british throne but even while all this shit was hitting the fan during her marriage this whole time she was simultaneously devoting herself not only to her kids but to like the most insane charitable groups on the planet. Like, her activist work, while the whole fucking world was, like, for her was just fucking blowing up, she was doing some wild shit. So, I'm going to tell you a little bit about that. So, the first thing that I find fascinating is that Princess Diana made a huge impact in helping change the world's perception of HIV and AIDS. She was not afraid to make physical contact with AIDS patients. And keep in mind, this was taking place in the 80s when it was still unknown if the disease could be spread through physical contact. And she was the first British royal figure to make physical contact with AIDS patients in an attempt to destigmatize the
1: condition. Well, it's, I mean, at that time too, I mean, everybody was freaked out. Oh, yeah. Corona, we're all still a little bit like... How does this exactly work?
0: Yeah, nobody knew really how this was happening. And, but what we did know is that people were not wanting to be around people with AIDS. I mean, they were dying quickly and rapidly and horribly. She was fucking in the hospital's bedside, spending time with AIDS patients in the middle of the fucking
1: epidemic. Yeah, that's something, something special.
0: And to her disappointment... The queen did not support this type of charity work, and she suggested that Princess Diana get involved with something more pleasant.
1: (laughs) Um, Like, what would that be, queen? (laughs) Garden society? Yes, gardening. (laughs) But nevertheless,
0: she went around to several bedsides to visit a number of AIDS patients in hospitals across the entire world. As soon as the Queen was like, yo, get into something more pleasant. She's like, all right, I'm going to go visit lepers. <laughs> so, She's like, no problem. She you know what's pleasant? <laughs> leprosy. Yeah. So next up was her bringing massive awareness for leprosy. By traveling to countries with extremely high leprosy rates, she became a patron of the Leprosy Mission, an organization dedicated to providing medicine, treatment, and other support services to those who were... Afflicted with the disease.
1: I mean, can we just say, like, how brave this woman was? So fucking brave. Like, the queen was telling her, no, no, no. And she was like, yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And her husband was going to kill her. And she's like, whatever. Yeah. Come what may. But also,
0: she was like very intelligent, where she was like, all right, I am a princess. I'm expected to do charity work. I'm going to do what fucking charity work I want to do. Yeah. And it's like, you can't be mad at me because I'm doing my duties. And then if those two things weren't brave enough, she was out there fucking with landmines. Because landmines in countries that had war where landmines were still, you know, left behind from war, like, a massive percentage of, like, locals that live in those areas were getting blown up and losing limbs. Just innocent people walking through a field getting blasted from left behind landmines. And so she led a campaign for a worldwide ban on landmines and was part of Halo Trust, which is an organization that removes debris left behind from war, most specifically landmines. And in January 1997, there were pictures of Diana touring a minefield in a ballistic helmet and a flak jacket, and they were seen all over the world. And Halo, the organization, states that Diana's efforts resulted in raising international awareness about landmines and the subsequent sufferings caused by them. Um, And after she died, they think of her as one of the largest, you know, icons that helped this movement get kickstarted. So that's wild. And that picture of her, she was literally walking through a minefield that had like just been like cleaned up, but like who knows, you know? Yeah. Maybe really missed one. And then lastly, one of her other large uh, charity interests was homelessness. She was an active supporter of Centerpoint, which was a charity that provided accommodation and support to homeless people. And she supported organizations that battled poverty and homelessness. And she also exposed her two children to this. She would bring them along with her to these homeless organizations and events and her two kids were old enough to remember it they weren't like super super young they're still young but not like too young and both of them are still part of the same center point organization today as adults and have coined that their exposure to this as children stuck with them their whole lives that that's still something they're very much passionate about today as grown adults so that's really fucking cool um so just i mean diana princess diana's story is a little wild but i feel like all of these things about her are unbelievable and again things that princesses didn't fucking do (laughs) like (laughs) they were not walking through landmines and hanging out with all of these sick people everyone was afraid of like what
1: did grace kelly do when she was a princess dude i don't know she was on in movies (laughs) she was getting her hair done girl yeah she was (laughs) she was doing photo shoots um
0: so that's all of her activist work which is phenomenal and another reason why the people the general people like us loved princess diana Um, and then even after her divorce, she maintained a pretty high level of popularity, but still continued to experience a lot of negative aspects of her fame, particularly surrounding her personal life and romantic relationships after her divorce. So she ended up in another media frenzy when she began dating an Egyptian film producer and who they like to call a playboy named Dodi Fayed. And the couple dated over a summer of 1997, and it was reported that some of the members of the royal family did not approve of their relationship. Shocker. And so...
1: I mean, who would they approve of?
0: Nobody. Oh, it's like, sure, they can get a divorce, but like, they can't go... How are they going to go on living normal... I mean, he can, because he's a, he's a prince. He's next yeah. in line for the throne. Yeah. He can do whatever the fuck he wants. What's she going to do? Yeah.
1: Yeah tinder fucking ended up like britney spears (laughs) locked up somewhere she is reading her pharmaceuticals
0: so yeah so she tried to go on living a normal life and they were like not not him not not him not not him and so as we all know on a very sad day on august 13th 1997 in paris diana was in a car crash in a tunnel which resulted in her death her boyfriend's death which was Dodi Fayed the driver of the car Henry Paul um, however her bodyguard Trevor Reese Jones was the only survivor the other the other three died and the funeral was televised on September 6 1997 and it was watched by a British television audience that peaked at 32 million people, which was one of the United Kingdom's highest viewing figures ever, plus millions more watched the event around the world. And obviously the news of her sudden death at the age of 36 years old shocked the fucking world. Queen Elizabeth II was criticized for not immediately responding publicly to Diana's death. And she ended up making a televised uh, um, speech from the Buckingham Palace, I think a couple of days later, which she said, quote, "'No one who knew Diana will ever forget her. Millions of others who never met her but felt they knew her will remember her. I, for one, believe there are lessons to be drawn from her life and from the extraordinary and moving reaction to her death. I share in your determination to cherish her memory forever.'"
1: Which is like, okay. Sure. Your grandchildren's <laughs> mother. Like, like that, that is like, like a, a. I don't, I don't know. know that, that was. That's a, like a. You say. Maybe she said that about, like, her gardener. <laughs> <laughs> like, she literally said. Don't fuck with me, you'll die. It's pretty much the
0: same who, to me. It's like. It's like I don't right? know.
1: It's just the most, like
0: heart like heartless response like there's no emotion in it it's not like the family's grieving we're so traumatized by the loss of princess Diana we can't believe our poor son and grandchildren have to lose their mother such an incredible woman it's like that is the strangest statement and it was delayed too so that's weird um and then even worse prince william was 15 years old at the time prince harry was 12 so they're both at very like prominent ages in life where you're like not young and you're like in the middle of getting old and like things are fucked for you at that age when Absolutely. these types of things happen so, the initial French judicial investigation concluded that the crash was caused by the driver's intoxication, reckless driving, speeding at 65 miles per hour, and effects of pres- prescription drugs. But, in 1998, Mohammed Al-Fayed, the father of Diana's boyfriend and the owner of Paris Ritz, where the driver had worked, who also died, he publicly stated that the crash had been planned and accused Prince Philip, Princess Diana's father-in-law, of planning it. He believed that the royal family was opposed of Diana's relationship with Dodie and that she may have actually been pregnant with his child, which would ultimately result in them getting married. He believed that the royal family would have no way of stopping that marriage and child from happening without using their power and influence to orchestrate the murder. Even though Diana and the prince had been divorced, she was still closely connected to the royal family. And anything she may do in her life could damage the reputation of the royal family as a whole.
1: Because having a child is damaging.
0: Having a child with this Egyptian playboy, (laughs) as they called him. So it's embarrassing, really. It's it's wild and it like honestly gets worse because like obviously this is what some would call a conspiracy theory people are like oh princess diana died in a car crash it's so tragic others like princess diana was murdered in a car crash that was orchestrated by the royal family it's just everybody has their own perspective of what happened lots of people could say this is a conspiracy theory and didn't happen i get it it could be who the fuck, what the fuck do I know? Yeah, I will never However, know, i sure. However, some of the strange things that lead me to believe it was not a conspiracy theory are the fact that there somehow was no surveillance photo of the crash, despite the fact that there were cameras inside the tunnel where the crash occurred. Somehow, the surveillance just never took place so that's unusual second weeks before her death diana had expressed that she was in fear of being murdered and that she literally stated she thought it would happen while in a car and then she even recorded herself on tape admitting many alarming details about her life and she left the tapes with a journalist on the condition that her involvement with the tapes was kept a secret But she basically recorded herself, like, telling all this shit and, like, passed it off to journalists and was like, just don't tell anybody that I gave you these. And the tapes included topics of suicide, bulimia, affairs, that admission of her throwing herself down the stairs because of her horrendous relationship with a fucking prince. It said a lot of details about their marriage and what she was going through. And the tapes were not released until after her death six years later. They also... Oh, I already said that. So, all of this kind of strange shit is just kind of, like, leading to the fact that, like, she knew some shit was going on. Yeah. Things were not working out as expected. Just like, oops,
1: a car accident happened.
0: Yeah. yeah. And she, like, <laughs> low-key was kind of, like, feeling like something's going to happen to me. Yeah.
1: Absolutely. So,
0: that's terrifying. Yeah. And then, super sad, in 2008, a jury eventually came to a real final verdict of an unlawful killing so this there was no murder it, th- it was an accident and the very next day Mohammed Al Fayed the father of her boyfriend who died announced that he would finally end his 10-year campaign to establish that the tragedy was a murder rather than an accident and that he decided to give up that fight at the sake for the princess's children He'd been fighting it for 10 years. So he eventually had to publicly change his mind, stating that, sure, it was an accident, not a murder. Because he just, the fight was over and he, it was done.
1: So we may never know the truth about what happened. Well, I mean, I hate to say if he didn't get anywhere in 10 years, he probably wasn't going to get any traction in 20, you know? No. No unless the royal family is completely dismantled
0: i mean who knows when that info could come out it could still come still could come so yeah so basically who knows when we'll find the truth if we ever do but what we do know is that her marriage to prince charles was not a good one and we also know that she was absolutely loved and adored by the general public for a number of reasons a few of them being she was a sympathetic person who cared about humanity she dedicated so much of her life to hardcore charity work from the aids epidemic to landmines to cancer to mental illness which was not what mainstream princesses did she was a leader in fashion during the 80s and 90s she was always wearing some type of crazy jewelry headdresses wild colors and patterns which was outside of the norm for the royal court she was a fucking fantastic mother who literally took care of her fucking children when she didn't even have to she also was a massive victim to media harassment but yet continued to hold her head up as high as fucking possible to be strong for herself her kids and all the people that looked up to her and she was a fucking inspirational female leader, even after the downfall and humiliation of her public divorce, which was literally blasted everywhere, couldn't escape it. It was all the worst details of it were on the front page of everyone's fucking face. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, she went through some fucking shit. And I think the best part about her is that she never once pretended to be anything but exactly who she was. Totally. Which she was through and through. In an environment where you were what you were brought into, you became that. Mm -hmm. You were brought into this royal court and you fit the fucking role of what a princess
1: was. You're expected. expected to be a
0: certain way. Yeah. And she challenged most of those expectations, or she still went with them, but did her own spin on it, which is awesome. So at the end of the day, she was real as fuck. Which is why everybody in the world absolutely loved and adored her because they could actually relate to her like a normal fucking person and not some prestigious elite royal leader that they were expected to bow down to. Love it, love, love it. it, and that is P.D. Princess Diana. I just gave her that nickname.
1: <laughs> I was like pre-Dorastina. <laughs>
0: so yeah. That's her wild story. She had a wild one. She did.
1: Tragic. Do, do you
0: think she, think she was did. murdered? Absolutely. <laughs> so do I. <laughs> oh, I,
1: I totally mean, do. Straight, you know, things stranger than fiction. Like
0: this is when I should be pressing play on Elton John's right? candle "Fucking on Candle wind. in the Wind." Oh, all right. So as we mentioned earlier you would have thought that all the signs would have pointed that we should not record this episode.
1: I know. But But then... then,
0: But then... Something something happened today.
1: I rolled in to Desconzo Gardens, and it was pretty much like... It was the first little garden we rolled into. It's the Rose Garden. And it said, Coretta Scott King. And that was the Coretta Scott King Rose? Yeah, it was the first one I just walked up to, and I looked at it, and I was like... Girlfriend, <laughs> it's happening? <laughs> Kofi's not dying today. No, nope. <laughs> He's already passed.
0: So that's your girl. That's my girl.
1: Well, and originally, I mean, I wanted to cover her because when we were first gonna do our thing, it was around Martin Luther King Day. Way back when. Way back when. Months, <laughs> months ago. But, I don't know, I thought that she would be a good lady because that saying behind every great man is a amazing perfect woman and i don't think she's gotten enough ups well she's also though
0: somebody that's even more amplified right now during the black lives matter movement so even though we got postponed several months she's still
1: I know, it's kind of, I mean, Perfect. if you want to get woo-woo, I think it's just, there's <laughs> been signs, there's been <laughs> push-offs, been uh, all the things to, uh, I mean, obviously this is a racially sensitive time in the world, and when Coretta was, her time was a racially sensitive in a different way. Yep. Um, but she was, uh, she was not only a wife, she was an American author, activist, singer, mother of four. She's a civil rights leader. She was named first lady of the civil rights movement. Um, later in life, she broadened her scope to include advocacy for LGBT rights. She met her husband while attending graduate school in Boston. Um, and that was in a time that A, women didn't go to college, B, women didn't go to graduate school, and for sure, not women of color. Yeah. That is wild. And she was where? In Boston? In Boston. Yeah. I mean, right there, it's like mic drop. Yeah. That's, she lived a life right there. Um After his assassination in 1968, she took a leadership role for racial inequality herself and became active in the women's movement. King founded the King Center and sought to make his birthday a national holiday. She finally succeeded when Reagan signed the legislation with established Martin Luther King Day on November 2nd, 1983. Mind you, it took her 15 years after his death to make that happen which is like huge perseverance for something that should have been. 15 years? 15 years. I know. That was a little shocking to me as well. Um, She was friends with many politicians before and after um, her husband's death. She was largely known for her conversation with John F. Kennedy, her phone conversation during the 60s, presidential election um, which was credited by historians for mobilizing African American voters. Coretta described in her early early years as a tomboy during her childhood and she would climb trees and wrestle boys so she wasn't just (laughs) (laughs) the perfect you know perfect wife but um, she had a sister that died in early childhood and she had a sister and a brother and her older sister edith was also a little bit of a a mover and a shaker because she went to college she was the first african-american woman to go to college ever ever her name was edith and her parents coretta's parents were always very wanting her children all of her children to go to college which I mean, that was a stretch in the 50s to want especially two of your daughters, not let alone two women of color, to go to college. You know, that's huge. They had major goals. Major goals. Her mother was quoted saying, my children are going to college, even if it means I only have to buy one dress to put on. That's Bless right. her heart. So the Scott children attended a one-room elementary school, five miles from their home where Kreta's mom drove the bus with all the children of color to school because they weren't allowed to go on the same bus as white children. So her mom drove it? Oh my God, that is adorable. (laughs) I know. It was like Love her. Um in high school so, her junior year, she was also directing the choir at her church. So, she was very musical. She also graduated valedictorian in 1945 from her high school. Wow. I know. She played trumpet, piano, sang in the chorus, partici- participated in school musicals, and later enrolled at Antioch College in Yellow Springs, Ohio. After being accepted to Antioch, she applied for the Interracial Scholarship Fund for financial aid. That's where her, sister, her older sister, Edith, already had attended Antioch, part of the interracial education, which recruited non-white students and gave them full scholarships in terms the diversity, the historically white campus. Edith became the first African-American to attend Antioch and was joined by two other black female students later on. Coretta saying, pioneering is never easy, and all of us who followed my sister at Antioch owe her great debt of gratitude. Wow. wow. Crenna studied music with Walter Anderson, the first non-white chair of academic department. She also became politically active due largely to her experience in racial discrimination by the school's board. She became active on the Antioch chapter of the National Association for the Achievement of Colored People, the College Race Relations and Civil Liberties Communities. The board denied her request to perform her second year of required practice teaching at Yellow Spring Public Schools for a teaching certificate. Creda had appealed the Antioch College Administration, which was unwilling or unable to change the situation in the local sis- school system, and instead employed her at the College's Association Laboratory School for a second year. Creda wasn't into that, so she transferred out of Antioch. <laughs> she said no thank you (laughs) but she also won a scholarship to the New England Conservatory of Music in Boston While studying there that's where she met Martin Luther King jr. Scott initially showed little interest in meeting him but eventually relented and agreed to meeting him when she met him she was surprised how short he was
0: oh my goodness
1: Kind of funny. And he told her she had all the qualities he was looking for in a wife, which she dismissed because, you know, they had just met. Oh, my <laughs> God. I know. So they continued to, you know, regularly date. And then 1952, you two were, like, weeks. You going
0: for ice cream and stuff. <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Colleging, you know. Um, two weeks, though, after they had met uh martin luther king wrote his mother and said he had met his wife oh he knew he knew um their dates usually consisted of political and racial discussions oh wow along with this ice was, cream this was some deep shit yeah so later that year um credit was introduced to his parents king's parents and then despite envisioning a career for herself and music in the music industry Kretta knew it would not be possible if she were to marry him. During the parental meeting, Barton Sr. turned his attention to her and insinuated that her plans of a career in the music industry were not fitting for a Baptist minister's wife. Oh, that sucks. After Kreta did not respond to his questioning of their romance being serious or not, <laughs> Barton Sr. asked if she took his son seriously king's father also asked her or told her not asked rather told her that uh many other women were interested and had a lot to offer she responded with i have a lot to offer
0: fuck yeah she did
1: fuck yeah she did right so they ended up getting married on valentine's day um and A few months prior to the wedding, King's father had expressed his resentment of his choice of Coretta. When Martin declared his intentions to get a doctorate and marry Coretta after, Martin Sr. finally gave his blessing. How wild. I'm like surprised they were so anti. And then in 64 time did a profile on martin luther king and he was chosen as time's man of the year and she they just referred to her as a young soprano what
0: the fuck does that even mean isn't that rude
1: just (laughs) (laughs) okay i don't know not fiance not wife not mother of my four children well I mean none of that had happened yet but still I mean fiance part had so they were married on the lawn of her mother's house and the ceremony was performed by Martin's father and Coretta had the vow taken out to obey her husband (gasps) what the fuck how did that happen in both stories right so that was unusual (sighs) for the time that is insane. So they were married, and then shortly after, um, she got her degree in voice and music and piano at the New England Conservatory. She moved in with her husband to Montgomery um, in September 1954. So Dr. King could become the pastor of Dexter Avenue Baptist Church. Shortly after that, they then found themselves in the middle of the Montgomery bus boycott. Martin was elected leader of the protest movement and the boycott continued as she had a growing sense that she was involved in something so much greater than herself. It was very much a sacrifice for Coretta to give up her dreams of becoming a classical singer, but her devotion to her own ambitions would become symbolic of the actions of the African-American women during the movement. Kreta became the choir taught Sunday school as well, as well as participating in the Baptist training union and miss- missionary society. There were so many threats directed towards King throughout their relationship and their marriage. King was answered numerous phone calls threatening their, her husband's wife. By the end of the boycott, Mrs. King and her husband had become to believe nonviolent protests. Two days after the integration of the Montgomery bus service on December 23rd, a gunshot rang through the front door of the King home where the King slept. They were not harmed, but they were shook. How fucked up. Right? I mean, that alone is like some- something to go through, right? So they headed. Out of town to go stay with some family until, you know, they felt they'd stay there for a couple months with their parents. And then short while after they returned home, a man left a bomb on the king's front porch. Did it blow up? Yes. But then everyone again was unharmed. And at this point, Coretta refused to flee her home again. It was like we're standing ground? Mm -hmm. Uh, she was quoted saying by her friend author octavia b vivian wrote that night coretta lost her fear of dying she committed herself more deeply to the freedom struggle as martin had done for four days previously when jailed for the first time in his life Coretta would later call this the first time she realized how much I meant to Martin in terms of supporting him and what he was doing. She was criticized of her husband, of all the sexism that was happening in the civil rights movement. In New Lady Magazine, she was um, quoted saying, not enough attention had been focused on the roles played by women in the struggle. By large, the men had in the leadership roles of the civil rights struggle, wanted the women, their wives, to stay home and raise children. And they, During the civil rights? Yeah. They expect, expect, even Martin Luther King, I mean, he wanted his wife to be a housewife. So they wanted
0: to be out there fighting for civil rights and then their women just be at home? Yeah. Waiting for bombs.
1: <laughs> I mean, she's, you know, she was very vocal about it and I you know I don't think he she let him push her push her around in that sense but she had some things to say Um, did you ever have you ever heard her speak I haven't I mean I watched some older you know on YouTube there's some things of her speaking publicly and she's always so calm really and she talks about you know heavy stuff but she you know she's very stoic she's just like Like poised poised matter of fact this is the deal this is it this is happening i love that though
0: because you know they always try and coin women as being like emotional and erratic and like
1: freaking out and it's like i know i think if i lived her life i'd be a little bit more like
0: i don't know i gun mean gunshots shots and through windows and husband me. Yeah. i'd be fucking screaming
1: up on that fucking podium mm-hmm. so three months after martin luther king was shot in memphis tennessee on april 4th 1968 Kreta learned of the shooting after being called uh, by their friend jesse jackson he was former Leonard Atlanta mayor. Um, he was one of King's top aides. And he was quoted saying, She wore her grief with grace. <laughs> oh. That has to be so hard. I know. Could you I wouldn't want to
0: fucking hold my grief with grace. And four kids and that time. Ugh. And
1: like, I mean, not to mention like, Financially, I'm sure, you know, she was technically a housewife. She did Sunday school and all that, but I'm sure that was... Yeah. yeah. But she was more determined as a young widow to um, see her husband's dream become reality. Only days after his death, she flew with her three children to Memphis to lead the thousands marching in honor of her slain husband, and to plead his cause. Oh, Days later, King spoke at um, the Baptist Church and made her first statement on her views. After her husband died, she said that her husband would always tell her their children, "If a man had nothing that was worth dying for, then he was not fit to live." heavy. That That is is super heavy. heavy. Right? Could you mind telling your kids that? No. Shortly after she decided to take the helm of the movement herself, she eventually broadened her scope to women's rights, LGBT rights, and economic issues, world peace, and various other causes. Um... She, that December 1968, she called for women to unite and form a solid block of woman power to fight the three great evils of racism, poverty, and war. During a solidarity speech on April 27th, 1968, King spoke at an anti-war demonstration in Central Park in place of her husband. King made it very clear that there was no reason why a nation as rich as ours should be belittled by poverty, disease, and illiteracy. King also used notes of her husband's um, that were found in pockets upon his death, which included in the Ten Commandments of Vietnam. Hmm. Yeah. That's interesting. What the fuck the Ten Commandments of Vietnam oh. are. I know. I tried to look it up, but I, I'm spacing on all the... It was ten things. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, she was also... She preached at St. Paul's Cathedral. And no woman had ever delivered a sermon at um, the service there. So she was the first woman to ever do that. Nice. nice. I know especially in um, another country that's pretty awesome she she founded the King Foundation she served the center's president and CEO for an inception until she passed the reins of leadership to her their son Dexter She removed herself from the leadership, allowing her to focus more on writing and public speaking. She published her memoirs, My Life with Martin Luther King Jr. in 1969. She also was a lead speaker to end the war in Vietnam demonstration in Washington, D.C., where she led a crown, crowd down Pennsylvania Avenue bearing candles and gave a speech where she denounced the wa- war in Vietnam. FBI worried that Kreta would tie the anti Vietnam movement to the civil rights movement. The FBI studied her in her memoir and concluded her selfless attitude to believe nothing but peaceful activities. Mm-hmm. A spokeswoman for the King family said that they were aware of the surveillance but had not realized how extensive it was. (laughs) Oh, my God. I just think that's so funny. Like, the FBI was like, oh, what's this lady doing? And she's like, I'm just... I'm just hanging out over here. For real. good stuff, lighting candles. (laughs) In 1985, her and her daughter were... Arrested and her son, um, where they're protesting an anti apartheid protest in South Africa. Wow. How crazy would that be to be arrested with your mom? Holy shit. I wonder how old, do you know how old her kids were? Uh, I don't know. it mean, has been old enough. 85, though. so they were born in the 50s. They, they were, were way older. Like early they're 20s. Early So King was featured speaker at the September 27th, 1986 New York Gala of Human Rights Campaign Fund and reported in the New York's native King stated that she was there to express her solidarity with the gay and lesbian movement. She applauded gays and lesbians as having always been part of the civil rights movement. Equal
0: for all. Hell yeah. Well, she was also living through, like, the Stonewall Riots and experiencing that side of human rights that were being ignored. Absolutely. So, So, yeah. yeah, I mean, all of those things were, like, hand in hand at the same time.
1: In that time of, like, a lot of things weren't being discussed fully, just Mm -hmm. anger from but it was out of out of the mold, mm-hmm. or different. Mm-hmm. What's new? I know what's new. Well, at least we're talking about it now. <laughs> For real. <laughs> <laughs> oh she was quoted as saying, homophobia is like racism and anti-semitism and other forms of bigotry that all seeks to dehumanize a large group of people to deny their humanity their dignity and their personhood yep that's right so she was big on that she had many friends in the community She upheld her husband's dream to appeal to everyone who believes in his dream to make room at the table of brotherhood and sisterhood for lesbian and gay people. She also um, spoke at the annual change conference organized by the National Gay and Lesbian Task Force. She invited, the observances of the 40th anniversary in the March of Washington and Martin Luther King's I Have a Dream speech and the first time that LGBT rights group had been invited to a major event of the African-American community. So she was bringing, like, just people together always. Mm-hmm. All totally. of them. Um, she had a big lawsuit with Boston University over keeping his papers and journals and she finally won and she has them at the king's um center what like they were holding him hostage Mm -hmm. oh wow i know they wouldn't give them back he had mentioned like a verbal like oh yeah you can keep my journals but not thinking he was gonna die yeah Yeah. and she was like "Mm -mm." (laughs) 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 you gotta bring those home they you know her and her children that was their life's work to do the yeah. center the king center in memorance of their yeah. father and husband uh-uh. it was like that's like their legacy
0: to uphold not like the fucking boston oh. college
1: well especially I mean they I mean I think if it was you know he died at you know if he was still alive now or if he died later on like not as a somewhat of a young man, like, yeah, that would be another thing, but it was, like, I mean, that was her husband's legacy as, you know, a widow, too, yeah, you know, they weren't carrying on, Boston University wasn't carrying on doing all these, all the work she was doing, yep, Yep. um, she spoke out, um, tried to push for Germ- James Earl Grey who pleaded guilty to killing her husband and then recanted. Even no new light was ever shed on the facts concerning her husband's assassination. At least as a, as a nation, they could have the satisfaction of knowing that justice has run its course in the tragedy, she told a judge. The trial never took place and di- Ray died in 1998. Uh that sucks i know so i mean i feel like if someone pleaded th- that they did it then and if you recant it like well, who who does that first of all why would you say just kidding i have no fucking idea I
0: mean, only, like, serial killers do
1: shit like that, where they're
0: like, oh, yeah, that's right. She's one of the 600 people I've murdered. But, like, no fucking dude who assassinates a guy in the fucking... He doesn't just make that up, you know?
1: I mean, I guess it was, you know, a time that it was less forensic. Suffered a stroke, and she paralyzed her right side, and was unable to speak for five months until she later died of respiratory failure failure due to complications from ovarian cancer. Oh no. Her funeral was attended by ten thousand people, including four of the five living US presidents. Wow. She died in Rosarito, Mexico at a clinic. She was seventy eight years old. So she I mean she those youngish to die, but that's yeah. still Yeah. She lived a lot. Yeah, yeah she, she did. did. And I have um, a good quote from her. And I feel like it's um, good for, it's current for today's time, I think. Many despair at all the evil and unrest and disorder in the world today. But I see a new social order and I see the dawn of a new day. Oh, I love it. I love it too.
0: I mean, I honestly didn't know that much about Coretta. I mean, I know who she was. I know that she was out there doing, you know, civil rights work alongside her boo. But I didn't know a lot of details about her life.
1: I just feel like, I mean, I love that she was more, you know, obviously feministic than anybody has ever talked about i didn't know that she was so heavily involved with the
0: lgbt movement yeah that 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 was really surprising to me
1: yeah she carried i mean i think too with the civil rights movement not that there's not still work that needs to be done there obviously but you know she kept moving She she did for like the underdog i think that's the true definition of a feminist too hell yeah you know yep
0: and i also love that like even though martin luther king passed like she was kind of like the fucking work doesn't end yeah like Like, sure sure he he was a leader leader. yeah
1: because she probably could have like just been singing in the church choir also just also just destroyed traumatized
0: heartbroken you know didn't have the fight in her left defeated exhausted like just needing to mourn and like fucking take a nap yeah but like like, you're you're yeah she kept doing it she was in fucking south africa getting arrested for protesting like what
1: the <laughs> hell i know and i think it's, it's it goes to say something about her that she never remarried to mm-hmm. you know I, I was reading some stuff online and i wasn't gonna say it but it was like there were like it was like rumored that martin luther king had like other girlfriends she always denied it i mean to think that any
0: man has not had other girlfriends i mean i know we can idolize men in like fantastic who have done great things for the world but i mean we all know men are fucking dirtbags <laughs> like <laughs> i think it would be it would be ignorant to think that there's no chance in hell that's not a possibility i think it's always a possibility totally but i think people also just like detain n- the names of people who've done great things like oh you know he was a huge fucking leader in civil rights but he cheated on his like, wife like <laughs> you know who knows it could have gone either way <laughs> yeah. but she kind of just seems like the type of woman that would have been like fuck you like we're still fighting a fight yeah
1: i mean i guess maybe even it just made me think that n- not that they didn't care or love about each other but it was like their relationship was greater than any of that oh hell yeah well they were on like a mission together they
0: were fighting for peace together they were they made an entire movement exist like i mean mean, at the end of the day your marriage is pretty small in comparison to changing an entire world (laughs) they're almost like business partners yeah
1: and she never lost her she never shaved her head, <laughs> you know what I mean, yeah. like she lived through some some things, yeah, she, she did. did. I'm sure she had moments, obviously, but what do you you see anything about her kids today they're well, they're still doing her the King foundation, like they her son and daughter are running it, and I think her other child is a. I'm gonna say they're like aspiring actress oh, actor okay. or something like that
0: interesting could you imagine being the children of that fucking duo and like being alive today and just being like holy fuck mom and dad needed some stuff thank Shit, you dude but also just being like can you come back and help out
1: <laughs> like <laughs> we need you right now yeah, yeah. words
0: we need your help it's kind of funny because it's like princess diana's an actual princess but like martin luther's the king which kind of makes
1: (laughs) Coretta a queen yes
0: (laughs) oh i love it well i have a woman of the week let's hear it i can't wait to hear this okay so my woman of the week is somebody that yes this is the tiktok episode i found on tiktok oh and And like i was telling you earlier tiktok is woke as fuck and basically this girl her name is sarah Turney. she has created a tiktok to help bring awareness to her sister who's been missing for several years oh and she also has a podcast it's called voices for justice podcast in which she details in each episode you know information about her sister missing i have not listened to the podcast yet however i am starting it this week um but i came across her TikTok, where each little video she films has something different about the mystery of her missing sister and i'm completely and utterly captivated yes. and invested so a couple of days ago i'm on Twitter and I'm like drunk or high in bed and I'm like barely ever go on Twitter at all and I like don't use it for my podcast because I'm just bad at Twitter and I don't understand it but I'll go on there every now and then to just look at shit and I look and I have a fucking new follower and it's Sarah Turney and I literally had a moment where I'm like what the fuck is going on (laughs) like Like, how did we even connect on twitter this is insane like i follow you you don't know shit about me so i don't know how that happened but it seemed very surreal and then i just felt like i need to dive deep in this shit so my ultimate goal is to connect with sarah Turney because i would really like her to come on my podcast and talk about her story but to summarize it her sister has been missing for several years i can't quote the exact year but she went missing as a teenager and i'm sure it's been like up to 15 years she's been gone and she believes that her father is responsible for the murder of her sister oh so So it's it's a very very heavy 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 story and a lot of details have unfolded over the years that she's found out about her father and her sister. So, not good, Um, but she, I think she's such a fucking insanely incredible woman because she has made all of these platforms, whether it's her podcast or her Twitter or her Instagram or her TikTok, where her entire life's mission is to get justice for her sister who's been gone for years. And she's basically doing the investigation all on her own because the police have told her, fuck you for a million years. We're not dealing with this. She's gone. Because basically it was staged as she ran away. So they never looked into it or felt the need to investigate her father who had many many strange things against him that should have been evaluated um so she's basically taken it upon herself to get to the bottom of it and she's using social media to gain audience and visibility to get people like me involved to help get the word out to help get the police to reinvestigate it does she think that her sister's still alive i don't think so Um, but they're, on her TikTok, she posts old home videos from when they were kids of of extremely encryptive stuff, which I can only imagine as, like, an adult looking back on this stuff and thinking, damn, I was so young, I never would have known, but looking at it as an adult and being like, holy shit, like, the evidence has never been clearer this day. So, it's sad as fuck. It's really sad, and I couldn't imagine being her and taking this on for my own relative yeah let alone my sister yeah, and having your own father be the main suspect um so she's insane in a good way and then you know she even says on her her tiktok like you know i am literally investing everything i have into getting justice for my sister i'm all over social media i know i can lose my job for this i know my tons of my family members have you know cut me out like i'm ruffling feathers and i get that like it could be bad for me because i'm doing this but like low-key don't give a fuck so like i'm on a mission i'm gonna get justice for my sister and i don't give a fuck what happens in the process of doing that
1: that. that's amazing
0: so she's based out of Arizona. And people should look into this because it's one of those unsolved things where there is so much motherfucking evidence and it's just another reminder that, like, how in the fuck did the police just say, whatever, On to the next? It's like her dad, her dad, her dad did it. That she, I don't know how old Sarah is, but she seems like she's probably late 20s, early 30s, and she's just making it her life's mission to get her dad in jail for what he did so heavy as fuck hardcore um i'm starting the podcast this week if anybody is interested it's voices for justice podcast she's the host and she's basically telling the real life true crime story of her own family and her sister's name is Alyssa Turney, and she's been missing for years and so tiktok is up in arms about it (laughs) because i told you they're woke as fuck and um we gonna get to the bottom of it yeah so high five to sarah Turney. you are my woman of the week
1: can't wait to listen to that podcast
0: yeah i want to listen to it and then when i launch my new segment i want her to come on and tell me about her life's mission and all the work she's been doing can't wait her experience so So, just fucking women doing badass shit dude ruffling feathers not saying not agreeing that this is the way it is saying no digging for more answers telling you to fuck off i got this like it's good shit good shit that's so that's what we're meant to be doing Same. for real what do they always say like well-behaved women really make history yeah
1: less oh. daffodils more hell <laughs> less
0: daffodils more hell i love that i need to like yeah i need to steal, steal that. that i need to use that, that shit okay <laughs> all right, all right. Well, I, I think know. that's that yes this was cool thank you for having me all this time later we finally made it happen yeah, 10 years later fucking a million, million years, years later time, you know. all right homies well we will be back in a couple of weeks with more women and wine and until then keep drinking wine and kicking ass all right goodbye Bye. <laughs> I can't love you.